What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, beautiful people. Although we're only several weeks in and still an itty-bitty podcast, uh, the support you've shown by tuning in, engaging with us, spreading the word has been overwhelming, to say the least. With your help, we have managed to build up this very vocal and very sexy little community, uh, which is why Bridie and I here at Termion are looking for your help. If you dig what we're doing and you have 30 seconds of free time today, it would mean the absolute world to us if you would fill out an anonymous survey. The survey helps us get to know all of you a little bit better and also... Uh, brings us one step closer to finding advertisers for the show. So head on over to survey.libsyn.com slash turn me on. It literally takes no time at all, four or five questions max. And again, just 30 seconds of your day could help Bridie and I take this sweet little married project of ours and bring it to the next level. So again, that's survey.libsyn.com slash turn me on. Um, there's no www dot there, just survey.libson.com slash turn me on. Thank you all so much and on with the show. Hello, my love. Hello, baby. Um, 
So I've never talked about this with anybody before, but I Great. really want to talk about nipples. Oh, all right. Your favorite subject. I hey, I love nipples. Mm-hmm. I love my nipples. Yeah. Uh, I don't love my nipples being licked. Just licked? Or pinched. Or played with. So you don't want them touched? Not really. I think it's because I had them both <clears throat> pierced, and I think, and now they're not. And I think after the piercings, it just changed the the sort of makeup of my nipples. So like there was a time a little more sensitive. Yeah, I guess when there, you did like it. Well, I, I guess there was a time where I was probably indifferent to it. Right. But now I'm like, mm, mm, yeah, definitely. Please don't do that. It well, like makes my neck hurt. When you had piercings in, did you feel that way? I think or, when I had piercings in, I was a little, um, a little cautious uh-huh. of nipple play. Cause like I had, you know, like there was one time I was getting out of the shower and I caught my, uh, my nipple ring on the, on the glass door of the shower oh, I remember that. and it tore my nipple. Oh. So like in terms of like sexual play, yeah. I, I would always be like, mm, just be careful with that. Yeah, I had both my nipples pierced too, as you know, and I always found that they were just like not they're always tender a little bit. So I took them out and that changed a lot of things for me. But um I wanted to know if you ever when you have someone else's nipple in your mouth, if you ever go to I don't know how to say this, but like fantasizing that you're breastfeeding. All the time. I mean, that's just like, I'm just waiting for the milk to squirt down my throat. I that think is... you're not serious. <laughs> no, right now. I'm absolutely not serious. No, I don't have any. You've never gone there? Like fantasize that I'm breastfeeding? Uh huh. Well, like, not like, oh, I'm at my mom's <laughs> boob or anything, but like. Uh, do you ever, yeah, I can do you only, ever like, no. no, I mean, I don't even know what you're going to say, but no, probably not. No, I, like not what was even, I, gonna say? I don't know, but, oh. but for sure. No, no, that's never, <laughs> yeah, no, never come up. No. Okay. But I have drank breast milk before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing is I really love, um, breasts. Yeah. I love breasts. And. I can't help but stick boobs in my mouth when I'm playing with a really nice set of boobs. Mm -hmm. And so I'll suck on a nipple, Mm -hmm. love sucking on a nipple, love like licking a nipple. Yeah. Um, Now, there was one time in, in recent past where I was seeing someone who had recently had a baby. Okay. Um, You know, like a... And milk came out? Yeah. And how was that? Well, I think she was a little embarrassed. Right. And I think I was a little like, it tasted all right. I don't mind. Like, put that that shit in my mouth. Like, I don't don't care. I didn't give a fuck. But I could tell that she wasn't really comfortable with it. So I wasn't, I I wasn't going to be like, no, let me, let me feed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I wonder what the nutritional value of that would be for you. Well, it's pretty high. Yeah. It's pretty high. So actually, so a separate occasion, totally non-sexual at all, episode of Sick Boy, we were talking to a woman about breastfeeding, specifically. We were talking about pregnancy and breastfeeding. And she came in, 
and she donates her breast milk to mothers who can't feed. Right. And she brought in, she pumped before she came to the studio and she brought in a, 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 a bottle of, of her own breast milk and mm-hmm. me and Brian and Taylor, we all drank it. Mm-hmm. That shit was tasty as fuck. But it didn't turn you on. No, I wasn't sitting there drinking it and like covering up my heart on. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I was drinking it going, I could I could pour this on my cereal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could have like some breast milk ice cream. Okay. Yeah. I'd definitely put that shit in my coffee for sure. Natural sweetener, right? Uh I, I've been drinking my coffee black lately, but You would put that breast sure. milk in your yeah, coffee. Fuck yeah. I mean it's like it's like packed with goodies. Right. Right? But no. Okay. Wasn't turned on by it. No. However, that time where I was uh, making love to a woman who happened to be also breastfeeding at that time and yeah. milk dribbled out of her teat into my onto my chin, that was kind of hot. I want to know if there's women out there that fantasize about that when someone's on their boob because... Where did this come from? Where, because where? it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's like um, my nipples are really sensitive. I can come or come close to coming just from nipple play, and I it's a like a huge turn on for me lately. Um, and this, but this thing happened about a couple of like very early on in our open relationship where I was sleeping with someone and I was on my period and I was like, "Mm, we're not going to have sex. But but he was like, what can I do? And I was like, you can put your mouth on here. You can suck my nipples. (laughs) And, and, and be, and as he was doing it, you tied a bonnet to his head and (laughs) gave him a rattle (laughs) and then, and burped him. And he fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just tucked my boob back into my bra and And then you tried to carry him to bed but you were too weak and you, you dropped him on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he was never the same. And I'll never be a mom. <laughs> um but instinctually he just like but he just latched onto one, put his hand on the other and like this and I've had people suck my nipples before but he was he was like he had a, like a sound that he was making. And it was like that makes me feel weird. It was a sound of like suckling, yum. No, it was like it was like an it was like a moan. Hold on, it was kind of like this. Mm. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And he goes, yummy, yummy, (laughs) yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy. And you were just like, oh my God, this is the hottest thing in the world. And now I don't know how to ask for it from other people. Please just say yummy in my tummy to me <laughs> while you're sucking my tit. It's a simple thing. <coughs> but I don't know. Should I should I talk about that before we get going intimately? Like, I want you to uh, make noises like you're Wait, being satisfied oh, by so breast milk. Oh, so you like that? It, that turned you on? Like the- it turned me on so hard. Whatever he was doing, I don't know where his head was, and my head certainly wasn't in, like, I'm breastfeeding. But then, more recently, I've been hanging out with with people and talking to people who are really into, really into pregnancy and, like, boobs that have milk that come out of them. Uh, and that's just, like, a total... Turn on for them? 
Yeah. And, and for me, hmm. sometimes I'll go there, even though that's not what's happening. What do you like, mean go insects, there? Like, like you'll, in you'll my... just push your, you like eat a bunch of gluten and then push <laughs> your belly out? No, not go there, like force milk out of my nipples, but like go there fan in my fantasy mind while it's happening. While they're sucking your tit, you're fantasizing that they are the 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 babe, not or you're not fantasizing a baby, not that, that a you, baby, but they're but, fantasizing that they are taking milk from you. Yes. Ah, jeez. I don't know. It's just interesting, and it doesn't always work. It's it's like if you're switching back and forth from one nibble to the other, it doesn't. It doesn't. I can't. It yeah, because babies don't do that. No, they don't. You gotta no. do what a baby does. Yeah, men. And and boys and women and and people who like to suck on boobs do Fuck. that. I feel like this is going to make people really fucking uncomfortable. Uh, which is it's kind of fitting because like today's episode, uh, mm-hmm. we go into some we go into some kink that in inherently makes some people very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about DDLG, oh. Daddy mm-hmm. Daddy Dom Little Girl, yeah, uh, play a and, little bit of role play, there. yeah. Um, but this is separate from that. Uh, what I'm taking from you, but yeah, there's some I just want to know, kind of like, I just want to know if there's anyone else out there who is what you know while it, while that's they're in that particular sexual act if they ever go there and yeah. in their fantasy brain. Well, hey, if you're out there, listen. If you're out there listening and you've got a uh, a set of titties and someone's sucking on them, do you ever think to yourself? They, I, I'm i fantasizing you're sucking the milk out of them. If you are going to laugh at me for that. I'm not then, laughing at you. Okay. No, because, fuck no. Because there's like no, I get it. a whole other like other stuff yeah, that no. we'll get Sometimes into Sometimes when someone's sucking my cock, I'm like, yeah, like I'm. they're just sucking Kool-Aid out of my dick. And it's like a total turnoff for me. Do you ever think about them sucking the like like the fountain of youth out of your dick? No, but I'm fucking next time we get a blowjob, for sure I'm going to think that. Yeah. Especially if it's from a 6-year-old uh, woman. 6-year-old woman. Yeah. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean don't don't close that door cuz hey, I, I never know. would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if she's willing to buy me a Nintendo <laughs> Switch, I'm willing to do anything. Uh, well, that's interesting, babe. Um, can you keep us posted on this, on how, on where this, like... I mean, yeah, I'm putting the onus now on the people who are listening to get back to me. Well, but here's what I'm saying, Uh is that, you know, we've talked to some people now about their kinks, or about fantasies, and, and where those started, and where those end up. Uh Uh-huh. And so I'm curious to know where this may end up for you. Okay. You know, so if there's any, um, if there's any, uh, um... What's the word I'm looking for? Like developments. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Please, please keep us in the know. I I will. I will develop the shit out of that. But I I get it though. I get it because like when I again coming back to that experience where I sucked the the milk from accidentally from mm-hmm. from um, my friend's breast. It was really hot. Like, yeah. It was really hot. I know it wasn't for her, but I could see how the tables would be switched. Right, yeah. I mean, if it was hot for me, I'm sure I there's I can't believe you didn't. Like, did you ever get her to squirt it on you or anything? No, I could. she was really uncomfortable with it. Weird. Yeah, it really wasn't her thing. Oh. And I definitely was not uh, in a place where, like, I was willing to kind of, like, request that. Or yeah. it was really early in the I could just see you packing your tiny little box of Frosted Flakes the next time you go to hang out with her. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we throw it to this week's episode, uh, we don't we, we don't have a brain boner as in a question, uh, but we do have a brain boner, a.k.a. fan mail. Someone wrote in. So last week I was talking about how I wanted to get my b-hole waxed. Mm-hmm. B-hole stands for butthole for anyone who doesn't know. Bunghole. And, and my bunghole. And... Um, and holy shit, did we get some engagement on that? <laughs> I had people texting me. People were shooting us messages on Facebook. We got emails. We got DMs in the in the Instagram. Uh, so people really wanted to help me out in terms of figuring out what I should do, where I should look to get uh, my my as I've learned to 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 call it uh, my manzillion or my mm-hmm. boyzillion. So uh, this comes in from a, an anonymous listener uh, who, it, it was a gentleman, who wanted to share his experience with me. Okay. Hey, Jeremy. I'm just now listening to your recent podcast. Here's some info on waxing availabilities for men, along with a story you may enjoy. I used to get my boyzillion slash manzillion, treasure trail, balls, taint, butthole, waxed every few months while living in Toronto and Montreal and back here in Halifax. The most common thing I found was that specialists prefer to avoid working on men in those areas. It costs more for wax, paper, and time, and it can be a hassle in prep, and the services are less popular in places like Halifax. Because of this, they're harder to find. For butthole waxing, I agree that it is nearly painless compared to every other part of the body. I swear it's true. I'm a hairy guy, and having embarked on journeys over time to see what it's like, I've had my chest back, shoulders, neck, beard, and mustache, stomach, arms, armpits, legs, and inner thighs, butt manzillion, balls included, and even my hairy toes waxed. This is a completely hairless man wandering around the city. (laughs) He's either completely hairless or give him a few weeks and he is a Sasquatch. Uh, By far, the worst areas on a man's body seems to be the back of the neck, just behind the ears under the main hairline, so the sides of the back of the neck. The crease between the inner thigh and ball sack. The spot on the back immediately behind the armpit. How specific is that? The spot just inside the under hip, like the diagonal halfway between your junk and each hip. The balls with anything other than the soft orange shell wax. So he's like getting right down to the fucking wax. Oh my God. We're we're dealing with a pro here, Mm -hmm. right? As of a year... uh, As of a year or two ago, in Halifax, there were very few people who were experienced in working with men. Several shops will agree to working on men, but most will not. This is where I'll share a horror story. Oh, God. Once, when I lived in Toronto, I was urged by a mutual friend who usually worked on women and was offering a Groupon manzillion, presumably to break into the market there and gain more experience. I decided to step away from my usual place and give her a shot. Because I'm a guy, apparently this is a thing, she wasn't used to the coarseness of my hair and ended up having to go back over my nether regions three times <gasps> for the wax she was using to actually pull out most of the hair. Oh. This was the most pain I wager one wants to experience because my skin was not only raw, but spots of blood were leaking out of my balls and taint. Mm-hmm. She expressed with men, she expressed with great sorrow that it was. She expressed with great sorrow and was super apologetic, confessed that she said she had experience working with men down there, but it was actually her first time, and she had no idea it would be this way. She offered me a free session, 
But three days later, my balls and taint had completely scabbed over, fucking entirely, like a solid, hardened scab coin pouch. Oh my God. Whoa. (laughs) This is no joke, and I wish I'd not been too embarrassed at the time to take photos. I had gotten waxed because of my, at the time, long-distance relationship, LDR, was coming home for was coming to town for a week, and I wanted to feel good and prepped for some nice, slick sex. That <laughs> fell apart. I spent the week with pillows between each thigh propped up. And armadillo balls. Yeah, I, I, sorry. I spent, I spent the week with pillows between each thigh to prop up my balls. They started to feel better after a week, and all the scabbing was gone after two. And, of course, I had zero sex. <sighs> Uh, and then he goes on to basically let me know where I should go to get my manzillion. Uh, he said there is a woman named Angela who works at Remedy Spa and she's the one to go to. So I think you're going to do it. I'm going to book the appointment in the next, uh, the next week. And will there be video? No, but if Angela, uh, is willing to allow me to bring in my portable recording uh, uh, equipment, oh, I will good record idea. the waxing uh, with her. Man, that poor guy. I, as someone Fuck, who's right? had many waxes and a couple that have gone wrong, being waxed twice, three times over the same area is literally like peeling layers of your skin off. My God. It is excruciating. That 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 imagery of a... Of a, a a scabbed coin purse mm-hmm. that made me uh, throw up in my mouth. How do your balls And feel? laugh at the exact same time. Well, here's the thing is like my balls, I wouldn't get my balls waxed anyway. Right. So if I'm going to do this, if Angela is willing to do this, Angela, I hope you listen to this podcast. Um, I'm going to get my taint in my butthole waxed. And my hair generally isn't that coarse. Like it's pretty coarse on my head, but down there, it's not that coarse, but there is a quite a bit of hair on my taint. You're also so. probably going to want to trim it before oh, you yeah? go in. Like, not, well, ask I'll Angela. Ask Ann. I'll ask yeah. the, yeah, I'll ask the esthetician. Uh, anonymous writer, thank you for taking one for yeah. the team. Yeah, and thank you. I, I'm, I am sad you didn't take photos because that would have been fucking great to look yeah. at. Um, all right, well, enough of that. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted on my, my butthole waxing experience. And Brady, you keep us posted on uh, the next time you let a man suckle from your tittle. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> sit back and relax, because we've got uh, quite a, a fun little conversation to throw to right now. Uh, TNV, uh, a very, very uh, fun couple that are from here in Halifax, and they they dabble in the kink of DDLG. So it's not what you think. It's not what you think. No. Enjoy. Enjoy.
Um, so before we dive fully into the conversation we're going to have today, I, I want to say first, uh, I love that we're getting like, I, I never expect us to get a couples to come in yeah. and chat with us. Um, like I figured it would happen once in a while, but it's happening a lot more than I anticipated and I'm really digging it. I mm. like the couple on couple chats. Do you know what I really like about it too is like a lot of the feedback that we get or that I'm getting in my personal Facebook messaging is from people being like, I listen to this with my boyfriend and it's yeah. open up conversations yeah. that we've been having about sex. Yeah. And I love that. Me mm. too. Uh, so speaking about couples, yeah. uh, T and V, I looked at you differently. <laughs> v and T. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. 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 Thanks good. for having Sweet. us. Thank yeah. you for coming in. Uh, let's kick it off with, uh, so we're sitting here, you know, we've got some coffee on the go, some muffins. It's, uh, it's early-ish in the day. Um, but also there is a, a bunny rabbit, um, uh, plush bunny rabbit <laughs> toy that V is holding. Uh, what is that? This is Molly. Molly is uh, a Build-A-Bear bunny. Ah, um, yes, Build-A-Bear. I, I know Build-A-Bear well. Build-A-Bear? Build-A-Bear is a store in uh, in a mall. It's basically a money-making machine for, uh, for <laughs> take my money. Um, kids drag their, their parents in there or littles in their bigs. And uh, you get a, a, a shell of a... A stuffy, and you start at the beginning, and you pick your stuffy, and they give you a little heart, and you put a wish on the heart. <gasps> yeah, it's the most adorable it's thing ever, cute. and like it's so sweet. And you put the heart in, and then they take it over to a stuffing machine, and they build a bear or stuffs your bunny, Aww. and it looks quite sexual, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was like, going to say the way you're explaining this yeah. is uh... so. There's they're open in the back, and it's literally a pipe that goes up, or you you can have a soft animal, or a medium animal, or a hard animal, and so you get to pick your squishiness. So total custom <clears throat> uh, pet toy, pet little toy. Yeah, animal. and yeah. I mean, of course, it's marketed towards kids, but yeah. uh, the Littles community in Halifax actually has Build a Bear days, and they go <gasps> in with their bigs or by themselves if they uh, if they're not attached or if they're and they take over the store and we tell the store that we're coming um and they they cater this whole day or this evening to us and so okay hold on hold on you've used this uh you you know in describing going and getting molly <laughs> is it molly it's molly uh, molly uh you've said a couple of times littles and bigs yeah uh what the fuck's a little and what the fuck's a big <laughs> so um now, do, you, do you want to take it? Should um, I take it? Well, both of us. I mean, I'm the big and she's the little. I mean, that's the, you know, I mean, it kind of helps that I'm the tall and she's the small. Smaller. But, yes. But a, a big is a, it's sort of a more generic term. Uh, I would say more of a caregiver. You know, it's more of somebody who's looking uh-huh. after somebody else. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean financially. It might uh, or it might not. It could be financial. It could also just be love and affection. It could be a sort of protective over. It's a... It's dominance, but I almost consider it to be like a provider. Yeah, a provider, but it's almost dominance light in a lot of ways. You know, <laughs> okay. it's it's it's, um, it's the softer side of um, BDSM in a way. Oh. Know, at least in the at least in the way that we that we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You okay. can probably V you could speak a little more to the littles. Yeah. Um it's really interesting and and as soon as we started exploring it, I was like, why? Why is this happening? Why am I <clears throat> drawn to this kind of behavior? 
or this kind of nurturing. Um, because my past relationships, I mean, I had lovely relationships, but not necessarily that dynamic. I never had any dynamic. I came from a very vanilla background. And had some experience with like light you know maybe some ds stuff tea. yeah tea. oh ah edit that we, out we can get that clean uh, just say it, just say it again t <laughs> has had some experience with some like ds relationships and a little bit and so when we started figuring that out um we started playing that way and then very quickly it became apparent that there was going to be this um this relationship of someone that's a little bit more in charge in again the softer way and someone that can mm. i don't know take the take the liberties of being a bit more youthful and a little bit more playful and and needing that that caregiving um right so, so yeah so this is like all encompassing it's a lifestyle um, of your relationship this is a this is basically like a lifestyle it does like i, I guess my question is does this go beyond um the bedroom uh to some degree, different different DDLG couples take it different, different um, to v- various degrees. Like some people live this twenty four seven, and it's the laying out the clothes and Daddy, can I and mm. and all of that. Um, Let's come back to DDLG. <laughs> so what's DDLG? Uh, well, that would be Daddy Dom and Little Girl. Mm. Okay, so DDLG is is basically what we're talking about here. Yeah, Daddy yes. Dom, Little Girl. But I mean, it's important to note that that's one particular acronym of one particular way of describing it. You know, it could be... Of big and little. Of describing, of, of, of big, describing and big and little. You know, in our okay. case, the, the DD and the LG are interchangeable with a number of different things. You could have... Um, Boys, girls, m- moms, dads. Moms, dads, <laughs> gender, non-specific people, you know. So in our case... DDLG, but I wouldn't use DDLG to sort of describe the whole, the whole, the whole big and little dynamic. Got it. Uh, okay. Everything else would be... In our case, it's DDLG, but in... Anybody else's cases, it could be any number of different uh, letters that would describe that particular relationship that would right. be sort of a big and little relationship. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love this. I this love that cool. it's intentional because I feel like there's probably a lot of people in a relationship that's like that, that they don't have, they don't have like a, a term that describes it. It just is that way. So I'm wondering mm. if there are things that are set what you have apart from those things, that, those relationships where it's just kind of happening accidentally. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's nice to have it. In the beginning, it was really scary and frightening and weird because you didn't. We had to figure out to what level we were going to take it to, right? So, how much am I <clears throat> am I leaning on T and or how much responsibility am I taking? Because again, I said like we're not necessarily. We're it is part of our lifestyle, but it's not twenty four seven the way it might be when we're playing or the way it might be when we're at an event where you know we're part of like the community. Um, so when we're if we are driving each other to work or if we're you know those things may be rather pedestrian, but it's actually really nice to when we finally figured it out to what level we were going to be play that way um to to be able to fall back on it when you are kind of questioning like okay we're where are we in our relationship we can always kind of go back to that place and trust that we can go back to that place and i know my responsibilities and he knows his responsibilities and we start there from the ground up with any kind of you know insecurities or problems or anything Mm. it's it's nice to have that that groundwork Mm. Yeah. So so where where is the split like where like where does it where does it uh, present itself within your guys's relationship? I think it presents you know on the very top level surface it's almost a a standard old school gender roles mm-hmm. kind of thing at least in our case you know mm-hmm. and again going back to the it's not everybody's case uh, mm-hmm. but in our case I would say that that's 
it's sort of the uh, and let's just let's just preface this right now. We from here to the end of this conversation, mm-hmm. we're talking about the two of you. Yes, yes. unless we specify okay. we're talking about someone else. Yeah. let's just talk about you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes it so much it easier. Is, easier. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't want to offend exclude, anybody. Don't exclude or, or offend <laughs> That's anybody. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in our case, it's very much a gender rules kind of thing that that skews very much towards the traditional standpoint. Um, but it's very important for me, and I think it's very important for V to also have somebody that is an adult and can adult at an mm-hmm. adult grade level when need be. You know, this is this is not something that we fall into um, hardcore. You know, if there's an emergency or something going on, then this is something we can set aside, mm. and that's sort of the break. You know, I mean, we do have lots of adult conversations about adult things, and that's. That's great, but this is another sort of break that we can, you know, and a framework, as V said, about how we deal with things in our relationship and how we know about comforting and how we know about responsibilities and how we know about um, everything that we really need to do to keep each other happy. It's it's so fascinating to me because I feel like there is such a broad spectrum at which this could take like um, express itself within your relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I, as you were just talking there T, I was wondering like, did you have to like, like remind V to put her seatbelt on when you guys got in the car? And like, does she ride like, like in the back seat, like, you know, like, like, we joke a lot at that stuff. Lot, yeah. Like we joke a lot at the, you know what I mean? <laughs> Go put your shoes on kind of thing, yeah. but does open my car door every time. Like okay, that is okay. a thing that was established early on. I don't know if it was necessarily a, a daddy little girl thing, but it was a, a dominance, but also a, a show of respect. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And it also mm. plays well with your parents. Oh my yes, gosh! Right. My mother, the Absolutely first time. Oh my gosh! She wrote me. She wrote me after the first time. She, she said, "Does he do that every time?" I said, "What?" She said, "He opened your car door." I said, "Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> mom, he's supposed to. He's my <laughs> he's DD. My, he's my I'm daddy." The LG. <laughs> we'll talk. Want to talk about the family? Well, thing? let's let's touch on that right now because yeah. we've just been there. Um, yeah. There's a joke in the community, you know, or the joke in general about the whole calling your your partner daddy. Right. You know, when she says "daddy" in front of her, you know, you. You and her, her father, and you know, you both say what? Yeah. Um, oh, that, but that doesn't. Did you guys do that? Do you guys do that? That's happened. No, nobody clocked not. it nobody except clocked us. It, yeah. Oh my god! Because the, the common assumption, the common assumption when women get involved in these kinds of relationships is, oh, you you come from a broken home, you have a problem with your father. Yeah. Not whatsoever. No. Right? Me and my family are super cool. Mm-hmm. Like I have an amazing relationship with my mother. I have an amazing relationship with my dad. And I call it. I now call him Daddy O. But I call him Daddy, and it's nothing for me to crawl up my dad's lap. I'm very small woman. And like, mm-hmm. I just have that relationship with him. And so it wasn't about a breaking of that or a fixing of something. If anything, it was because I have I have a very powerful, regular life. And, mm. and this happens a lot. This was something I was going to say earlier, was that a lot of powerful people, whether women or men or anything, um, uh, kind of go into these submissive roles because it's a break. It's a relax. Mm. Someone else is taking control. I am a, an organizational crazy person and that's my work and that's my life. And so be, uh, being able to take this this backseat um, is, is really comforting. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's easier or break because it is still, I'm still responsible in taking part in my relationship. But it, it, I realized why I, it, it was so seductive to me. Doesn't Esther Perel talked to something like that in her book, Bridie. I remember you read me a quote that she 
she had written out, and it was yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, it, and I'm reading a book called Mating in Captivity mm-hmm. uh, by Esther Perel, and uh, yeah, I couldn't quote it word for word by any means, but it's essentially just what you said, is that very powerful people tend to like to be submissive in the bedroom because it is, just like you said, a break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, when the whole, you know what I mean, the whole going back to the, the daddy and the daddy and daddy, daddy, daddy thing, daddy. it was, it was, oh my gosh, <laughs> I said daddy and just looked. Like, it wasn't a what very obvious kind right. of thing, but yeah. I just, both of us clocked it and we're like, it happened. Yeah, oh yeah, my right. gosh, it, it actually, happened. The, the meme came to real life. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> um, I don't know if we, we talked about this before we started, but do we want to talk about the whole daddy and if that gives people the willies thing? Well, yeah. No, yeah I, I do want to touch on that because, like, so, you know, you kind of just briefly mention that uh, a lot of people who who just, you know, don't know about this, you know, this, like, lifestyle and hear someone who is like, yeah, I like to call my partner daddy and uh, automatically think, Daddy oh, issues. Daddy issues or, like, came from a broken home. Clearly not the case, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and if you're out there thinking that, maybe just just check yourself. check yourself and take a moment to think of why you think that. And but for some people, maybe. But. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. For some people, but mm-hmm. definitely not for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, have you guys run into any sort of... Um, uh, discrimination, s- discrimination, or stereotypes, or anything like surrounding that, or do you do you just know that that's kind of a part of the territory and and wa- tread very lightly around that kind of thing? I think because "daddy" is such a openly used term in in today's pop culture and everything, it, it gets a little bit more of a green light. It's when you start talking about in the context of your relationship, whether that's sexual or your dynamic or your lifestyle, um, that's when people start to get a little ick, like a little yeah, okay. like do people just turn to are they like up oh, incest no, or, um, no or, i don't or, think anyone or is it more like an age thing where they're going whoa you like don't dabble <clears throat> in that age play like don't it, don't pretend that you're a baby and don't pretend that you're you it, know full it's more man. that like unfortunately like i've come across people in my life that are very they they go for the obvious they go for the easiest and so they do they're, they're like whoa are you pretending you're a child and it's like no i'm not pretending i'm a child i'm mm-hmm. a grown woman and um some people do pretend they're children, and often that is not sexually oriented. Um, there's a bit of our dynamic that is sexual about the the youth and the innocence and the the dominance. You know, that's dominance and submission. Like, yeah. there's we're, we are going for that. We're not. There's nothing pedophilic, or <laughs> I don't know, making no. up words now. No, but no, we're yeah. not pedophilic going. Pedophilic is a yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. We're not going down that road. Um, Again, coming back to the, it's dominance. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a exchange between like a, you know, a, a, a dominance up. Mm-hmm. Like that's I, I it's I, power I, exchange. Power exchange. Yeah, it's yeah, power yeah. exchange, and it's also about. It's not about, and it's not forcing that dominance. It's more from a safety and caring perspective. Right. You know, it's not about forcing. It's not like it's not predatory. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're not preying on somebody. You're you're actually caring for somebody. You know, and it's that's for me is sort of where it it really draws a firm line mm-hmm. uh, because it's not me preying upon her. Yeah. You right. Know? It's me taking care of her. Really taking and, care of. You know, yeah. and in and it comes from that. It comes from that language and it comes from that feeling. Is that what it looks like? Uh, and this is a bit of a personal question. But <laughs> is that what it looks like in the bedroom? You know, like how does it present itself when you guys are having sex? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
And it's interesting because in a lot of these things and a lot of our, you know, we have a variety of different interests in our lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. that in the all encompassing lifestyle that we have, it's, there's a number of different things and there's a number of different things that come into play in different places, you yeah. know, and sometimes uh, it's hard and sometimes it's soft. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes we will play hard and sometimes we will play soft, you know, in the bedroom, as far as sex goes, it tends to be whatever we're feeling at the time, right? you know, but that's, we but always is there that always language. this sort of underlying, um, uh, dynamic where it's like, you are the caregiver T and V you're the, you're the sort of like <laughs> the one who's being taken care of or being nurtured. If your caregiver can call you a slut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Because I mean, and that's it. It, <laughs> it runs that, that scale of, you know what I yeah. mean? Of, but yes, the dominance and submission is, is pretty much always there. I, I would never, if I try to pull something on him, it's, it's always in jest. And mm-hmm. I usually get a firm look and I'm like, I'm just screwing around. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? I would say that the, of everything, that we do the dominance and submission really comes in to play the most you know that's the defining factor of where we are with a relationship and that doesn't mean that it's a hard line between there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Dominant submissive, but those roles don't for us generally swap. No. You know, we're mm. not, neither one of us, well, you're a little, you're a little switchy. I get switchy with other people. Typically, mm, yeah, that are of a feminine nature. Like, are, are you guys? Uh, are you guys in an open relationship? Or are you guys monogamous? No, no. monogamish. Monogamish. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, you can you can take that one. Yeah, um, we always play together, um, but both of us have obviously found the benefits of uh, experimenting either with other people, whether that's one person or two people. I tend to like couples because I think then there's a nice balance of things going on and mm-hmm. different people. I am totally um, heteroflexible is the word that I would use to describe myself. Sure. I think that I'll probably always be in a me-female, my partner-male relationship. Probably always you, daddy. But um, yeah. 
But uh, no, like I've I've run the gamut, unfortunately, and enjoyed it to the nth degree. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like other people, it started early in our relationship that we wanted to explore that because Trump explored that before and I hadn't. T, T, Let's take sorry. <laughs> T had explored that before and and I hadn't. So I um, I wanted to go down that road and he you know, encouraged it. He kind of lets me drive drive the bus on that one a lot. Um, I have a lot of insecurities and jealousy and some issues um, that I have to get through. And mm. fortunately, these things have actually helped me work through them. And they mm-hmm. haven't they haven't actually challenged them. They've helped me work through them. Mm. Um, so yeah, it originally started just kind of going on a tear and always with the back lying of alcohol or some kind of party behind it and seeing, ah, oh, let's get up to no good. And now it's done with more intention. Um, we, we have people that we enjoy playing with. We have people that we enjoy inviting into our bedroom or going to parties with them. And usually under no assumption, just the it may happen kind of world. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it's amazing and mind blowing and orgasmic. And then usually the next day it's again, very pedestrian. Mm. And for these people too. And that's the kind of people that we started keeping in our world or the people that it's not scary and everyone's weirded out and we're making phone calls and we're checking emails yeah. and checking texts like there's none of that the people that we invite into our world are in our circle of trust um and it's amazing i mean it, the high you get when you're having sex is is pretty incredible and then if you can spread that and enjoy other aspects of it but going back to the beginning we do always do it together Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you get now? I'm I'm assuming that you guys are involved in like the the kink community mm-hmm. here in Halifax. Yes. Um, so you know, with these these like playing with other people, is that generally taking place at the various events that happen here in the city? Like, for example, Bridie and I went to um, there was like a spa night or like a the, the private sex party that we were invited to um, uh, earlier. Well, it's been like. Last week. Timing. It's all weird now because when this comes out, it'll have been long ago, but uh, last week. Um, Is that where you guys tend to to play with with others or? Well, that's that's certainly, I mean, we've attended spa night, not the one that you guys were at, but Mm -hmm. we we generally try to make it when it's not on a a work night kind of thing. So we, we will play there. I mean, that allows us to sort of do pretty much anything we want. You know, if we want to explore an exhibitionist side, we can explore an exhibitionist side. You know, Mm -hmm. if we want to get a private room and close the door, then we can also do that if we want to, you know, depending on what we want to do at that particular time. Um, I'd almost say at that point, the sort of DDLG aspect goes down to about a little bit, you know, it goes down to about 10%, 20% maybe. Is that because you're in public now? No. No, no, it's just different aspects and different, you know, different Mm. faces and different ways that, that, the lifestyle the is DDLG for us. thing is very personal to you and I. Like yeah. it's it's very when we're together. Ah, okay. um, it's a, it's a so warm and cozy and comfy. Like it's it's such a lovely place to exist. But yeah, when we go to public events like Nightshade or the, or the the sex parties and things like that. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of. I mean, I'm always at his side and I'm I'm always his submissive. But yeah, we don't really. It's it doesn't become part of that. Especially, Interesting. especially if we are on the prowl. 
um, the the little girl thing is very much a take care of me and pay attention to me and cater to me <laughs> kind of world. Right. So um, it would it would naturally take away from it, from that experience. It, of, it would, mm-hmm. and, and I'm totally cool with that. Like I said, when the fact that I can kind of turn that on and off to to some degree, or at least slide it up and down. Um, when we do go to play with other people, I mean, the intention of of spa night for us is usually there's a an assumption that we may get up to no good with other people um, or any kind of private event that we go to. Um, Yeah, I don't let that be the thing. If some of that stuff creeps in, like there's literally been a time that someone was with just like, okay, we're done now. (laughs) And and I didn't close. Oh my gosh. Sorry. There's been a time that we we were at a party and... um, and someone was with T, and I was like, okay, it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. And I just vocalized that. That person was like, yep. And off we went. And we, you know, it didn't kill the vibe. It didn't do anything. I just, something crept up. I vocalized it. We dealt with it, and off we went. Mm. Yeah. I love how flexible it is. I, I think that's really, really fantastic. Yeah. So, did you introduce the idea to V, or, or did you just kind of find yourself in these like, roles and started examining why you were falling into these roles because i feel like there's there's probably some people listening uh probably some couples listening or at least one person within a couple (laughs) listening going oh my god i'm this is me yeah i i I didn't even realize but this is what i am like wanting or this is what this is what we're doing and we don't even fucking know it yeah um yeah so i'm i'm curious about that too we entered in sort of from the the DS, the dominant submissive side of things, very early on. We very much... He just grabbed me and I was like, yes, this is something that like I didn't know I wanted, that mm. I hadn't had. Um, you know, Like I said, I came from a lovely relationships and relationships in my past, but never quite that. And there, there it was. And I didn't look back. Um, right. I, I, I couldn't be with someone now that wasn't dominant. Um, and that was from that first moment. And so building on that, I started, really, I started swallowing literature. I just started learning and digging and Googling. And and there's a lot of crap out there, unfortunately. Um, Funny enough, Tumblr is a wealth of information about these particular things and these little niche lifestyles. And yeah, and you can take it, you can take it all with a grain of salt. Um, Some Mm. of it was really far gone. Some of these people are 24-7. Some of these people do need people to come and, you know, I mean, wipe their butts for them and like yeah and it it, so you know you kind of figure out where it is and what you identify with and again going back that's what i was saying i was having a hard time with in the beginning was uh, i was obviously coming into this relation or this this new lifestyle and this relationship and figuring out all those swirly whirly feelings of why is this happening to me and what do i identify with and if i'm not that am i this like Mm. i didn't Mm. i was dealing with the black and white and it's not black and white it's gray yeah um and so yeah it took a lot of time and and gentle patience for us to finally figure out it's okay (laughs) like we're gonna figure out the one that works for us yeah right and we totally got there and it's it's an awesome place so yeah like i said just sucking up information about the fact that this is okay yeah. and the fact that other people do play this way and do identify this way and taking all those awful stigmas and just putting them out because that's just that's just a barrier um if you want to be part of this you kind of have to go into it headlong with an open heart mm-hmm. um yeah i'm sure it's really reassuring for people who, like jeremy said who might be listening and and identifying with what you're saying to know that it was a bit scary mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the beginning um, yeah well, I mean, I'm I'm in my mid-30s and 
I'm like, why do I want to go to Build-A-Bear and be able to stuff there? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's come back to the bear because so Molly's been sitting here with us the entire time. Yeah. Um, cute as fuck. Uh, I want to know, like, what's the deal with Molly? Like, is do you carry her around everywhere? Is... No. Molly um, Molly is my my bed stuffy, you know. She, I sleep with Molly every night. And, and, I mean, I think a lot of adults have those comfort things, you know, and I think that is part of what it is to me. It's definitely tied tied to tea. Like, he literally, mm. we were walking down the mall. It was a totally pedestrian day. Some people have very special, I'm taking you to build a bear days. And that's a mm-hmm. big thing. It's like collaring in our community. I don't know if you guys have discussed that with other people. No. But we can, we can go. Collaring. Yeah. Not coloring. Yeah, collaring. Col- I also love coloring. <laughs> but um, it, it's something that a lot of DDLG couples do is have their build a bear day. I notice you have a beautiful collar on. Mm-hmm. And is it connected to the... What would you call that? Also a collar? No, it's a... I'm not sure exactly. I mean, people would call it a harness, but there's really no attachment points on it. So it's yeah. not really necessarily... I wanted something that... I almost called it shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 <laughs> ampulets, you know. Uh, um, yeah. No, it's... I wanted something that was expressive of the sort of dominance position yeah. uh, that I could wear to events to sort of visually mm-hmm. reinforce that. But I didn't want something that necessarily had attachment points on it right you know, something with a like a, a ring on the neck or anything because that's not how i roll mm. that's not what i do so yeah. that's i wanted something that sort of eh, looked a little more formal but you know so that's uh, that's where this i really from. like it by yeah. the way it's, it's fucking rad uh for people who don't know what what is collaring um so collaring is something that exists in dominant and submissive relationships i'm i'm probably going to piss somebody off by not getting this right but um often and i have a lot of callers but some people some people deal with it more casually some people more formally um it's a way for a dominant to kind of claim ownership of their submissive and saying right. and it's it's saying you know i identify your um, your mine and if you're accepting this you're mine um on a dominant and submissive plane God, it's um, almost like wedding rings. It's yeah. a lot of people actually have ceremonies. They <laughs> yes. have yeah, get they, the fuck they, out of here. They do. They have collaring ceremonies. Whoa. Yeah, ours was not that. You know what I mean? That official. No, exactly. Sure. For us, it was. No, does a priest uh, have anything <laughs> to do with the? Uh... <laughs> I'm sure in some worlds, or there might be some holy water. Involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, taught me several colors and he bought me a little tag that says little girl on it Love and it. it's something that brings me a lot of comfort now, and uh take it back because yeah. you said <laughs> i keep saying my partner's real name which we've agreed not to so that's where all the funky editing is yeah, coming in if you hear anything strange yeah. i'm sorry guys i might just you know what i might just bleep it bleep. i think that's awesome <laughs> so you meant to say t but so, anyway t uh, T has bought me several collars, and uh, whether it's been out of want or or wanting to express something, did I do it again? No, you okay. didn't. You did. I'm just laughing. <laughs> T, T, do you ever? Do you guys ever? Uh, do you ever get leashed? Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that's um. Again, you know, this is all sort of a a big, you know, squishy gray mass of of dominance and submissive. Yep. You know, for what we do, the collaring, we do collaring. Uh, or sorry, leashing. Generally, if we put a leash on her, it's generally going to be in public, um, not so much in the bedroom. Oh shit! No way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would typically be under some kind of a fet type event. Like, yeah, not okay. at work. So not you're not going to Lion and Bright and being like, "Come on, <laughs> no, come on, little girl." No, no. I would always 
context is important. Yeah. And I think that also the the safety of that context. Yeah. Like we've yeah. done it at the everything to do with sex show. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, makes we've done sense. it at uh, we've done it at spa night. Mm-hmm. We've probably yeah. done it at, you know, at nightshade events or something like that. But it's not something we would necessarily pop go, out. Go to the market and do yeah, it. Yeah. And, yeah. And for, you know, if that's just us. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just how we yeah. deal with it. And um yeah. Yeah. Um I mean it could take part in in home or in the bedroom or yeah. at something like that. Um I would definitely think of it more as part of a scene. Like I think there's scene and there's sex. Um and there doesn't necessarily have to be sex in, in a BDSM scene. Mm. But yeah, if if we were setting up something where you know, T came over and put my collar on me at home. I don't wear my collar around the house too much. Um, but if T did that, came over and did that, and then poked my leash on, I'd know we're we're leading into something. Right. And I'd let him take the reins on that. Typically, I sure. mean, there's a lot of the 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 communication. I mean, I don't know if anyone has discussed this with you guys about. Um, the hard limits and and whatnot of green, yellow, red. And, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, uh, this this the term, this week's episode we're going to touch on all that kind of stuff. Amazing. Yeah. So so yeah. So you know, I I when if something like that were to happen, I would let you take the reins. And if something was off limits or was even if part of my body was sore, I would just let it be known and off we go. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not too much that makes me say red, though. Right. Okay, so we, we kind of got sidetracked because of the collaring thing, yeah. but I want to come back to Molly. To Molly! Right. Okay. So, so <laughs> Molly, how is Molly um, part, of- uh, part of all of this? <laughs> so, yeah, we were walking down the mall, like, super basic day, um, and... Oh, sorry. We were walking down the mall, super basic day, <laughs> and he just led me into Build-A-Bear. And I thought this was a joke because I didn't actually know how much this was a thing in, in this world. And he said, you're you're going to build, you're going to get a Build-A-Bear. And I said, no. And I, I was so bashful and so ridiculous and just like, no, no, no. And around five minutes into it, I was like, oh. Brought out that little in me, and right. you just want to decorate your bear, and you can go and oh my gosh! And the people that work there, they must be told that this is going to happen. Yeah. That adults are going to come in and do this. They're fucking be- saints. Really. They're saints. Yeah. They, there's no. Ju- I have, no one has sh- ever side eyed us. They are for sure be, being told that. Like guaranteed, they, they have, have to be. be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so we made Molly, and I named her Molly. Um, I I don't know why I wanted her to have kind of a little girl name, and I think that's a little girl name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so yeah, Molly. Molly comes to bigger events with us. We go to this really cool camping event uh, every year with our community, and Molly would come to something like that. And a lot of the other littles have stuffy. Some people have stuff walls, walls and walls of stuffies and Build-A-Bears. Um, some people have one. Mo- I have one. Molly's mm. my one. I have a lot of other toys, stuffies, but Molly's Molly. The, yeah. yeah. The and, and so Molly actually has a best friend or a friend, and that's a that's a friendship bracelet from her friend of somebody that actually does carry their stuffy all, all the, time the time and does podcasts with them and YouTube videos with them. Oh, and wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Put well, us in yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah, I will. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. How, yeah. many people are, how many people are in the, the DDLG, for you know, lack of a better term, mm-hmm. community here in Halifax? Uh, Halifax is weird because... Or I guess the big... Sorry, let me, let me say that again. The mm-hmm. big little community. Yeah. Um, Halifax is weird because all of our kinks... 
uh, in Halifax kind of mesh because we're such a small community. Yes. So apparently in other big cities, like the rigor, the rope people don't necessarily play with the floggers and the floggers don't play with the fire people and the fire people don't necessarily hang out with the, the big and littles. Right. We all kind of mush together and then the things that would separate us would be like personal differences. Right. Um, Which is kind of cool because I feel like that presents an opportunity for, well, I guess if you're like in the, you know, the, the, the lifestyle that you're, you're already sort of in the know of what's what exists and you you you've probably probably at least considered or dabbled with you know other things to figure out what you like and what you don't like mm-hmm. um, but I feel like because it's a, a big mishmash and everybody's together for people for newbies coming into it it's mm-hmm. like oh this is what a great resource we have mm-hmm. to explore things that we may never have even thought about exploring. Like when, when Bridie and I went to the spa night the other night, uh, there was a guy there with like a, a, a violet, the, the violet wand. wand. Oh yeah. That's, and Bridie was like, Oh my God, I do not like this. And I was like, try it on me. And he was zapping me. And I was like, oh, I can get, I can get behind this. Yeah. This Cause you're cool. covered in tattoos for me. I'm just, I'm just like sensitive. <laughs> my skin is very sensitive. Whereas like if we went to that event and that was purely a, you know, a big little event. Yeah. Um, and, and there was, you know, he was not there doing that. We would never have had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why also the, the everything to do about sex show is so great because it, it brings all those things together as well. But that's really, uh, that's really neat. Yeah. We, and we do, we, we play with flogging and we play mm-hmm. with uh, rope. Like rope is probably our number one right now. You were saying that you guys went to Bastet last night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So every Saturday night Bastet has a play party. Did you do the Bastet episode That's yet? the episode that's coming out this week. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Bastet has their play party every Saturday night and we've been members of Bastet for over a year now. Um, but that was our first Saturday night play party we've gone to. We've gone to rope nights and we've gone to different seminars. But um, we took the advantage. A lot of people at Rope will be using the Rope facilities that are there. So there's a rig and everything. Um, so it's and at Rope night you're supposed to just do rope. Um, so last night at a play party you can do anything. You can play in the medical room. You can play in the flogging room. You can play. You can just sit around the sofas. But the rig was relatively available. And T's birthday was recently, and I got him a bunch of rig gear. And so we yeah. got to play with all of our new rig Sweet. gear. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of rope and. Climbing gear, yeah. yeah. So it was really a yeah, it was really a nice surprise. I got a nice uh, uh, what was it from Twisted Monk um, stainless steel uh, rigging ring for uh, for putting Bunny up in the air. Yeah, and it's uh. in the shape of the Burning Man because we go to Burning Man every year. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, and so one of my uh, top goals for the next three years is to experience Burning. Do it, Man. do it, do it. Do yeah. it. Yeah, I really, really, really want to go. It's, it's like bucket list. Up there, it's it's uh, it can be a little pricey, but yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> There's unlike anything, you know, unlike anything you've ever experienced before in your entire life. So yeah, it's, uh, and then at the same time, it's it's not one thing, and it's it's everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, well, there's rope there, and then there's AA people there, and there's people that are on every drug you can imagine. Yeah, like, talking about a mishmash, yeah, that is yeah. it's the ultimate mishmash. Well, so many people stigmatize Burning Man, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. um, we, my my favorite thing, it's 70,000 people. So, the best explanation I've ever heard was it's an experiment in temporary community, mm. and any community is going to have your jerks, and any community is going to have your dirty hippies, and every community is going to have your you know, what I mean, they have a gayborhood, it's mm. literally called the gayborhood. It's amazing. Mm. Um, we go on a 800 person naked 
bike pub crawl every year. And the people we have met on this, we've met Kingsters from London that have invited us to go to London. And you you, you find your people. It's really cool. Well, That's you can cool. drive you can drive down the road there and go past uh, Jazz Cafe, <laughs> uh, DIY abortion camp, <laughs> and. Um, you know, somebody handing out lip balms. Um, a model from, handing out lip balms. Let's a, get a it right. A model. A, an <laughs> Victoria's Secret soup, model. Victoria's Secret model handing out lip balms to uh, uh, Barbie Death Camp. Um, just, just, just everything. To, everything to, to, skate, to, to, to a full-on skateboarding camp that's, yeah. that's there, to a roller disco. Um, there's a favorite place that's usually camp near us called Midnight Poutine. All in the middle of a fucking desert. Yeah. Yes. See, I love that. The and desert is what scares me. It's yeah. The desert scares the shit out of me. There's it, no no bugs, no scorpions, nothing like that. It's but not you that. you're gonna get dusty. It's the wa- it's the lack of water. But you're not alone and there's so many people mm-hmm. and everybody came with water. <laughs> We've you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think just <laughs> being from an island, the idea yeah. of being uh, in a desert, uh, really, sc- and the idea of being hungover in the desert actually <laughs> makes me want to die. That mm. scares the bejesus out of me. Too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really try my best not to get hungover out there because it's quite. Yeah. Intense. It's quite intense. You yeah. think you go with the like party, party, party intention, but by the time you are dealing with the heat and the sleep and the cold and all of it and the time, like you're putting a lot of time in your day into experiencing this, you don't really want to get bombed because yeah. you know you're going to waste a whole day or something. Right? Yeah, I think if I were ever to do it, I, and I don't, I don't have the same interest as Jeremy, but if I were, I would, my mandate would be to be to- totally sober. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, coming back to the big little DDLG, considering that, you know, your guys' relationship, um, to a lot of people who would consider themselves very vanilla and very like in quotations traditional, Mm -hmm. um, do you got, does, does your, is there any part of you that, that tries to keep the dynamics of your relationship kind of, um, secret? Or 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 does does it does the dynamics dynamics of it slip out sometimes it, when you're in public and do you feel like ooh we should we shouldn't have uh, really revealed that mm-hmm. about ourselves? I think this particular lifestyle presents itself well to being in public um, to a certain extent. Like I certainly know uh, I can call her little girl in front of nearly anybody because and i'm a small woman because she's a small woman and it's just a little term of affection mm. uh in the opposite direction her calling me daddy is definitely something that we probably put a little bit of a, a yeah, stopper right. on when we're right. in public oh, but yeah. i mean we are continuously holding hands con- you know opening doors um the whole nine yards you know so and i'm i'm relatively i don't want to say subservient because you know you cater to me quite a bit but i kind of take care of us i make sure that we know what time we're going certain places and i make sure you stay fed and i make sure we're always late for those things that we're supposed to be at um, <laughs> but i there is a certain level of it's it almost goes back to those old sexist shows of the receptionist boss uh-huh. kind of dynamic mm-hmm. we play a little bit on that which is particularly fun for us um but it uh it it's nice t- 
it's nice to have a position. And I, so those things shine too about, and whether people see that as just a traditional gender role or whatever. I mean, I totally, I don't think because I have traditional gender roles, I'm not a feminist. I entirely am, but it's how we work our relationship. What would you say to a, a feminist mm-hmm. who might be listening to this episode right now mm-hmm. and just pulling her fucking hair out <laughs> or, at the, his. At the, or his hair out yep. at the thought of like T you saying, I can call her a little girl in public. I knew that was, I knew that was going to light something up for you because well, yeah, because I've, I've, well, he's referred to a, f- a female guest as a girl one mm-hmm, time, like mm-hmm. this is a smart girl or actually it was one of the other hosts. She was a real smart girl and people did not respond. She's a woman. Well, it wasn't people. There was a, there was one particular person. person that really didn't respond well to that. And it, yeah. it, anyway, whatever. It's a whole fucking other conversation, but would you, was it, would you say something to, uh, to that, like, is there something that you would say um, to that? It goes back to, I mean, I think the, I think it's important that people are fiery, and I think it's important that yeah. people have triggers. And for me, it, it that doesn't, hit, it doesn't hit that way with me. I'm more in the middle. Um, the big obvious things, yes, they anger me. But the the smaller stuff, or the stuff that maybe is conditioned in me because of where I'm from, how I was brought up, the relationships I've been in, it it all kind of becomes background noise to me, and I don't use my daily energy to get angry about things and not saying that these people do but i just don't trigger that easily um so a great example is going to the whole um emma watson is that who it was yeah yeah so you know people saying oh you're not a feminist because you showed your tits uh it's the same thing. Don't tell me I'm not a feminist because I'm a little. And don't tell me I'm not a feminist because I want somebody to take care of me. And don't tell me I'm a feminist because it actually makes me feel great when someone calls me a slut or calls me a little girl or mm. and especially my partner. That is between us. That is none of your business. Yeah. You have no right telling me how I feel about um, you know, gender equality and and what's happening in this world and the things that are happening that are good and the things that are happening that are bad because of how I let my partner treat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. is me. Yeah. Well, it's also how you want to be treated. Well, and if anything, you know, which is incredibly empowering, is right. feminist. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the whole, you know, she had the choice to show her tits. I have the choice to leave this lifestyle, leave mm-hmm. this lifestyle. Thank you for addressing. It. I think that was a really important note Woo, to touch on. Feminist. Yeah. One, we are coming to time. Uh, there's one thing that I'm, I'm a bit curious about because we've talked about this, uh, you know, the big little DDLG thing, pretty much this entire conversation, which I find fascinating. And one other thing that I, I found really fascinating was when we spoke to um, a couple of the people from the Society of Bastet, uh, we were talking about total power exchange mm-hmm. and how that looks, um, you know, when it's presented through uh, through relationships. And I'm wondering, do you guys, does the, do, do you guys ever dabble with uh, total power exchange or TPE in in playing with like the the ddlg yeah i mean we certainly do um we touch on that and again going back to the whole it's all gray for us uh, we touch on that i mean we do a lot of like rope bondage has become sort of one of our big things that we do that's not necessarily a sexual thing but definitely a a dominant submissive thing Mm -hmm. you know i've uh, i've been spending a year sort of learning to rig and and tie and uh, v's been learning to be a, a better rope bottom or, or rope bunny in the case of uh, mm-hmm. what we like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, So there's certainly, we've played with that sort of thing, but that's not necessarily our entire world. Right. Um, and, and have, have you ever played with the, like, we're going to do a 24-7 
total power exchange situation where it's like, I'm going to tell you when you can go to the bathroom, when you can't go to the bathroom. I'm going to tell you what you can eat, what you can't eat. We've done it briefly. And again, going with with the idea of rope, rope's a bit tough because your bottom does have to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can't just, it can't be like, I don't want you to say a peep unless like I'm truly calling red or something. Right. Um, The one time we do do it is when you tie me to the bed. He'll tie me to the bed, put a blindfold over my eyes, tie a Hitachi to my vagina and... That's it. I don't get a say, you know what I mean? Unless I am truly getting to the, getting to red. Sounds awful. Yeah, oh, just (laughs) hell. (laughs) Um, But that's probably the closest that we come to. To the the sort of 24-7 total power exchange, for the people that are doing that, awesome. Uh, It doesn't appeal to me. Mm. Right, okay. You know, I really, I need a partner who's a participant. I really do not want to call... 100% 100% of the shots, mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Yeah. You know? the, the reason I asked was because it seems like there's a very, uh, it's a very easy bridge to gap there between mm-hmm. between the DDLG and the 24-7 total power exchange, or at least like even like dabbling in that. So I was yeah. just kind of curious if you guys have ever dived in there. I mean, we certainly know people that have that, that mm-hmm. lifestyle and that's amazing for them and it seems to work really well. It's um, really beautiful. I have a friend, we were at Bastet a few weeks ago and I had chocolate. And I was about to offer the submissive some of my chocolate. And I remembered that that this is a rule and chocolate specific, that this was a rule with them. And uh, so I looked at the dominant and I said, can I offer them chocolate? And they were like, thank you for asking. And it was just to to be part of that. It gave me like such a little thrill. I love that. Yeah. Which is, cool. can I bring this up in response to that is the other night at spa night, mm-hmm. um, we were looking at a situation and I was like, hey, Jeremy, I want you to get in there and, like, participate in that, and I want to watch. And he's like, I don't even know how to do that. And there were a couple of girls, like, you know, making out. And uh, he was like, I I said, just ask them. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I feel like I should ask their their partners Mm -hmm. or boyfriends. I was like... No, 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 no. You go ask the women who are who I want you to engage with first and or or at least go in and say, is everyone here okay if mm-hmm. I engage with this? Cuz I just the idea of checking with their boyfriends first or their par- male partners was like that struck a chord a little bit with me maybe because in that position I wanted to be dominant and I wanted to say, like, get in there. Right. Yeah. Right. And now if you had, and and I just want to stick up for myself here. If you had put your foot down and been like, no, let's like, I want to take the dominant role here and go do it. I probably would have been like, okay, yes, yes, ma'am. And you would have done it. But in that situation, I was like, well, I don't want to go. This was a very new situation for us. And I didn't want to go over there and get my face punched in you know? <laughs> yeah. like hey guys can I, can I join and well, have two dudes come down on me and uh, and powerbomb me on the next time swing. I'll put a leash on you and I'll, tell, I'll be more direct I'm uh, still embracing my dominant okay. side yeah. still when, learning uh, when if, if something like that were to happen like if I if a me, I was engaging with somebody else male or female mostly male because I, I identify a certain power mm-hmm. relationship between the males that we're involved with um, I usually turn to T and say is this okay mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. and that's both a partner relationship like check-in uh, but also a bit of a the, the dominant submissive yeah. coming back um the one thing that does kind of irk me going back to fet life people will send me if you look at our profiles they're very obvious dom submissive um 
cross-linked and listed and very obvious and, who we are yeah. we're together and everything and so and if you you know please don't just send us weird messages we're not looking to be here like we'll flirt if you have an intention but don't just send us dick pics and all of that yeah um but i'll get messages from doms other male people people that are identifying as doms asking me questions and not personally about me and i'm like i think it would be better if you reached out to my dom mm. um and it's just an obvious yeah it's an obvious slight to to t that for them to bypass that interesting yeah if they're mm. approaching us as a couple i would i think it's it's better if the dom approaches the dom because there is that okay i'm going for your I don't want to think of myself as a weak link, but they're going for the submissive. The dom is mm-hmm. like, it, that's just a lack of respect, in my opinion. Yeah. And then it also crosses back. I mean, we were talking about spa night and yeah. how, and the, the dynamics there. And that's not necessarily, spa night's not necessarily dominant submissive, but maybe it is because yeah. those people are there. And again, the mismatch, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real, you know, that's more of a, you know, that's more of a, an exhibitionist and and group and you know all kind of sort of more sexualized thing than it is necessarily a, a meeting. Although many of the people that I know that go are in the community as well, are in the sort of fetish community as well. Right. So it's really you know navigating consent, navigating every you know all of these things, uh, dominant submissive consent, all of these things really. It's something you have to be really uniquely aware of. Yeah, you know? yeah. a lot, a lot at play at one time. Yes. especially yeah. when you're in situations like going back to spa, you know, where it could be, could be walking into anything. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, you could be walking into a DS relationship. Or you could be walking yeah. into just a straight up uh, kinkster who decided to be there that night. You know, so there's lots of different things that can be consented and to and. And have to be respected. Yeah. Communication. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy the, the the discussions on communication and consent are happening in our world now, um, and to the degree that they are, and how the fact that I've, I've had discussions with people that I don't want to say they're of an older generation, but that they're like, well, isn't that hard? Doesn't that stop the play? Doesn't that like kill the mood? And I'm like, no, like I have, and it's only happened recently because we've only started doing this within the last, you know, a couple of years. Um, it enhances everything. I have a friend that will literally stop all play, check with everyone in the room. Okay. What's, what are we doing here? Who's okay with what? And if anything, you get to go forward with that information. And it's amazing that consent is being pushed and not just because of, personal boundaries and respect and being catcalled on the street, but within the bedroom, mm. um, people, it, it's really, it's going back to Burning Man, going back to Spa, going back to any of the events that happen locally. If you're going to touch someone or engage with someone, check in, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, and mind your P's and Q's and read your cues and go back to consent. And if it's, I read something last week, if it's no, it's no, if it's maybe, it's no, if it's I don't know, it's no. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? If it's not a full-hearted yes, it's probably no. What was the, For now. What was the quote about consider cilantro? What was it? Yeah, it was consider cilantro. You know, consider yourself to be cilantro when you're asking for <laughs> consent. But sometimes, you know, some people love cilantro, mm. some people hate it. Yeah. You know, if you ask for consent and somebody says no, they just don't like cilantro. <laughs> yeah, right. So really, you just got to find someone or who be does. in the mood for cilantro. Right yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> that whole thing about consent, like asking for consent, uh, ruining the mood. Like I get it on one level, but also 
if I'm engaged sexually with someone or about to, and I hear their voice like ask, is this okay? Or like, can I touch you? I think it's the hot, Mm -hmm. hottest thing I've ever heard is someone else's voice, like talking to Mm -hmm. me about what they're doing. And there's for sure ways to do it. That isn't like, excuse me, Mm -hmm. is this okay? (laughs) Or, uh, uh, is that okay? Yeah, yeah you can not, do it no. in a really hot way. Yeah. You know, it's just put a little bit of intention behind your voice. Take an acting class. And, uh, <laughs> I've literally had girls say, "Can I suck to you? And I'm like, Jesus. "Oh God, tease cock, suck tease cock." Wow, we for sure. We gotta bleep, bleep that out. out. We, we gotta bleep, bleep that bleep out. It all because it's it's now it's funny. <laughs> yeah, now it is. And, and you can't edit around that. Yeah. The, you I should have just called you daddy all day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, I think that's uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you guys were really hoping we would? No, we'll listen to this and be like, "Wow, we're a hot mess." Yeah, <laughs> well, well, we'd we'd always be welcome to to have you guys back in. It was awesome. a great great conversation. So mm-hmm. thank yeah, you. we'd love to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. We really uh, appreciate your support by taking uh, some time out of your day today and joining us uh, for this really fascinating conversation. Uh, in the meantime, go over to iTunes for sure and give us a rating and a review so we can stay on the, the comedy charts in, in iTunes. Um, uh, more people will see us. More people will hear what we're up to. And then uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, today, our Instagram got banned. Uh, so I don't know if we're on there anymore or I not. I know. We, uh, we might get it back bad. up. I don't know. Fuck you, Instagram. Uh, no, but see, we love yeah. you, too. <laughs> you, I just I just can't get on board with that kind I of Kendall, persuasion. I know. But Did you dude, show nipples? You, no. That's the thing. Is like There are some Instagram accounts that are just... Just, you know, they're absolutely bananas. And we had a couple of pictures of bums in underwear. And that's about it. It's just, I don't know. It just makes me, I'm it's a little bit. Someone's out there hating on you. I'm a little bit yeah. heated yeah. today yeah. about that. But hopefully Instagram gets their, their shit together and, and realizes that. Uh, we're providing a we're service. We're providing a service that is very uh, much needed, I think, mm-hmm. in today's world. Um, so. Go check us out on all those social media channels. And if our Instagram is over, follow us on Twitter because we're going to keep the Sunday Bunday thing going. And uh, yeah, Uh, until next week. Go fuck yourselves.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.